Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we're taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the globe. It's Tuesday, so we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that CollisionConf has to offer. So sit back, relax and listen in. We'll be hearing from leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. Welcome to Collision and welcome Thomas and Mark. I want to start off by asking you, Thomas, what prompted you to leave the sort of corporate world at Sony and move over to uh, DreamStage? Well, I've been in big corporations all my life. I've had the privilege of working in music, which I very much love uh, for a very long time and uh, managing the transformation of our business from CDs to digital, which was initially downloads and then streaming. Um, it's been an incredible revolution for the music business and it's returned to growth as a result. I've always had the dream of being more entrepreneurial and starting my own company. Um, and with DreamStage, together with two amazing founders, I think we're, we're getting there and we're really trying to revolutionize the live business, which hasn't changed for a hundred years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we think of music as a very in-person experience. But Mark, you've made your career doing this online. So tell me a little bit about how you found success going online and what are the advantages and challenges of streaming? Yeah, well, there definitely are advantage or well, both advantages and challenges, I would say. And I also, you know, I, I don't want to mislead people that like it's the bread and butter of my business is, is still very much my live show. Um, but you know, in the last year, I've had to sort of re-strategize and double down on my online presence and my streaming presence, um, which, you know, is was just been a result of the pandemic. And I thankfully was set up in a way here where I had already been doing live streams. And the live streams are fairly similar to the live performance. So it wasn't really a stretch. And it wasn't an enormous amount of work to make that transition. I just ended up having to do it more uh, online than in person. Um, and, you know, even with that, we found a few ways to perform in person during the pandemic. We did a drive-in tour uh, in June and then another smaller version of that in LA and San Francisco in October. So, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, you got to rally the troops. Thankfully for me, it's just one troop and I get online and uh, act like an idiot and hope that it works. Um, and so far it has, but you know, we'll see about the future. Mm -hmm. So when you go see a musical performance in person, I mean, there's this energy about it. There's interactivity. There's something special about being in the same room as like your favorite performer. So how do you go about capturing that that feeling and that mood in an online platform? And we'll start with you, Thomas. Well, I think that's exactly the secret to success. Can we bring um, some of some amazing elements to this live streaming world? Um, and it's not going to be the same. Obviously, when you are in a room with 5,000 people, there is an amazing crowd feel about that very moment. But when you are at home, the question is, how can we create a level of quality and interactivity that may not be the same, but will give you an immensely pleasurable experience and will also get the artist what they want, which is to reach, to reach out to their fans and have that interaction with their fans. 
So there's several elements we think that are critical in making this into a great experience. One is the quality of the broadcast. It has to be super high definition, and we pipe everything out in 1080p with 4K forthcoming soon. The second is, I think it should be on the big screen in your living room and not so much on the mobile phone and on the laptop, even though we obviously support those as well. But we have an Apple TV app, which allows you to really enjoy the big uh, home theater that most people now have in their, in their homes with the sound and the audio and video experience. And then there's the level of interactivity with the fans, which is sort of done through a chat panel. And we're working on watch party and other features that make it very personal, almost as if you are sitting in a uh, private, um, uh, a private booth or something in Staples Center, um, where you actually are with your friends and interact uh, with each other, as well as with the artist. And then with, and then there's a return channel from the artist to the fans, well, the artist, if it's really live, which I think is really the future of this business, can actually see what their fans are doing, react to what their fans are doing, answer questions from their fans. And they do it in a way that you actually see the artist like you see, we see each other here, very up close and personal. You'd see their face and they're not like this tiny little figure at the other end of some amphitheater where you actually, actually end up watching the screen to even see them properly. So all these elements, plus others, the integration of merch that's very convenient, um, you know, the uh, uh, other fan, you know, dumb relationships that you can build as a result of this, make this into what we think is a new format that's very exciting. And one last thing is that there are digital effects, of course, that the artist can project into a digital live stream that would be very hard to do in an in-person concert. You may all have heard about the KISS New Year's Eve concert doing breaking all records for pyrotechnics. Well, you could break records for virtual effects, um, you know, by not lighting a million dollars worth of fireworks, but creating unbelievable effects on the screen. So we're really creating a format that sits between a music video and a traditional concert experience, which will be very rich in terms of what uh, consumers at home, fans at home can see and wowing them with something pretty amazing and immediate. I think this unison experience of all the fans in the world coming together to experience the artist at that one time, even though they're scattered around the globe, is something very special. And it makes your hair stand on end sometimes when you have that sense of immediacy with the artist. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, everything that Thomas said is on point. And I, I just want to like from my personal experience, highlight one of those things in particular, which is the interactivity element, which is, <clears throat> to me, I think is, is <clears throat> excuse me, is the, it's the only bridge that we can really put, it's the, because there is this, it, it, it's just a built-in distance between audience and performer when you're online. There's no way of really, totally bridging that gap, you know, if we're honest, like the, the, the experience of being in the room with a performer is just different, it will never be quite the same as it is in a live stream. But in order to bridge that gap or, or, or tighten it, interactivity, especially on the part of the artist, I think is incredibly important. You know, it's like crowd work is a huge part of my live show. It's also a huge part of the live stream. I have a phone number up. I take calls after I make songs. I talk to random people that happen to call in. They tell me what to make a song about. I go and make a song about it. You know, it's like all of this 
it's it, it, these little elements where you can address directly the people that you're playing to, you know, I think that that is just, it's like an essential element to this whole package of like, how do we make this feel as much like a live performance as possible? I think that, that having that, that thing, that personal, um, intangible sort of thing where you feel like you're being talked to is like huge paramount to the experience without that you know we're just watching a feed um so it, it exactly it right i if i couldn't agree more with you mark i think a little bit of imperfection as well yes. in addition to obviously the nice effects but a little bit of imperfection makes it more authentic i think we've seen some streams from famous artists that were clearly pre-recorded and were very much polished and it turns out to be almost like a long music video and i think those were amazing performances and i don't want to knock them at all because they're amazing artists but i do think that it doesn't matter if you wait a little bit or if you know and then you have an announcement people like that sort of sense of because it's a very special feeling that you're in the same time continuum as the artist who's creating this music at this very moment. And a little imperfection will really bring that to, to, to your, to your, you know, um, will really make you notice that. So. I mean, that really makes sense when you think about the success of like gaming, streaming gaming on Twitch, where you get to really have a personal experience with these gamers. So in a way, doing these things online, you actually get a more intimate experience with artists, which sounds very cool, actually. Yeah, that's the idea. Perfect. And Thomas, I wanted to ask if you have any interesting data points or anything interesting you've learned. Like, are there certain genres that just do better um, on a live stream or anything like that? Yes, I think the... Um the uh we're, we're we're learning i think all of us are learning what works and what doesn't work and it's not necessarily the biggest names that always get the biggest crowds it's uh the artists that have the biggest engagements with their fans um and that can mobilize that engagement uh just to give you an example we have a chinese pianist um who's uh you know done extremely well she's done three or four concerts and every time she's mobilized thousands of fans um she is very very talented but she's not like one of the top recording artists in classical music or somebody who would fill carnegie hall or be she hasn't won huge competitions but she's she's a wonderful pianist but she has two hundred fifty thousand followers on youtube um and she's really able to dialogue and build a narrative with those followers where she says i'm going to play this piece in 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 three weeks on dream stage and then she sight reads it and she talks about it she talks about what it meant to her and so she's building and every time she's talking about the concert so she's building up to this event and uh, it's very very different to marketing a, a traditional live performance which is you play in this city, then that city, then that city, and you sell all the tickets out. And it's all about just selling tickets. It's a little bit more similar to um, marketing the release of a new video or the release of a new single, which is a worldwide event that happens at this one moment. And you build up to that with your whole fan base. And the better you are able to do that, the more successful you will be. Part of that is being the kind of personality that such as Mark has a very engaged relationship with their fans and uses social media very actively. Part of that is 
when you look at the numbers that your social media numbers are fresh and they're not very old, uh, even somebody have very big followings, but the followings have been built up over 10 years, very different to someone who's just been building it over the last six months and is really hot. Um, we're also seeing, I think the indie rock uh, segment is, is a strong one. Um, um, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, uh, streaming activity in general from, um, you know, and purchasing power is another aspect from sort of uh, a, a somewhat, you, you know, and an, an digitally active uh, uh, sort of demographic that also has the whereabouts to pay. Um, there's geographical, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, components. If all your fan base is in Brazil or in India, uh, it's different to when it's actually in the US. So there's all these pieces that I think come into what makes a successful live event. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine if an artist is used to sort of more traditional in-person performances, they might be a little hesitant to get into live streaming. So I start with you, Mark, on this. What would you say to an artist who maybe could be struggling right now, given how we're all kind of stuck at home, what would you say to encourage them to get online? Get the hell on there, man. Just get <laughs> up. Just get up on there. Don't worry about this crap. Just get, get, at, do it. Just do the thing. And I know that that's a harder ask for, you know, I obviously, I need to consider the ease of my position here that I am a one-man show. My whole setup is mostly digital as is, you know, it's very easy for me to get started on this, but um, you know, I know personally that there have been a lot of bands that who, you know, who I know that just have had a difficult time um, turning what they do live into an online production just because, you know, you're talking about what is a seven piece band with lines and they need, you know, like their, their whole back line and, and their footprint and where's their, where's their room to do that? Where's the internet connection strong enough to stream from that? It's a lot of logistical problems that can get in your way. But what I would say is, you know, if that's an issue, I would say just focus on that. The people who listen to you want to see you in any manifestation. So if you're able to cobble together some sort of arrangement and it doesn't maybe look that great or, it, you know, sound, even if it doesn't sound all that great, it's better that you're up there than not. Um, especially right now as we're still in this weird gray area with live performance. I mean, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about the fairly near future, but for now, just get, just get the hell up there. People will appreciate you for it. Don't worry too much about it. You know, everyone looks a little stupid when they're just like online in front of a kid. You know, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. So just embrace that and get up there. And just don't worry about it too much, you know? Because the fans love you. The fans want to see you. The fans are starved to see you. And uh, I think that many artists are, I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying, Mark. Mm -hmm. And I think, this very strange year that we've had, I think we've all gotten way more accustomed to being online and, and connecting on things like Zoom. Um, but when this, when we return to normal life one day or some semblance of normal life, do you think there's still going to be an appetite for viewing things online? How will you keep 
audience is interested in, in coming back to these live streams. I'm convinced that this is a new format that will have legs for a very long time to go. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this business. We're not a stopgap to solve pandemic problems. I think the pandemic has changed behavior and made people aware that they could do this thing. But we think that this new format is here to stay. And that's because it's a great way for artists to connect with all their fans worldwide at once. And it's a great way for fans to have a format that delights them and that is very enjoyable that allows them to see artists live that they would otherwise not have seen. Because we're not going to say, people aren't going to go less often into live in-person concerts. They should go, but most people go maybe two, three, four times a year, but the rest of the time they sit at home and they watch Netflix. So I think that's where we think we can grab their attention and saying, well, come and watch some live concerts 10, 12 times a year or more on Dreamstage because that's an, an alternative to watching yet another episode that you could watch tomorrow. But tonight, one of your favorite artists is playing at the other end of the country or the other end of the world, and you can watch them. And I think that's, I think it's just incremental more than it is substitutional. Yeah, I, I, I would say also that, um, that there are large segments of your audience probably that will never go to your show. You know, like there are, there are these large segments of your online audience that will just never buy a ticket for your live show, either because they don't like live shows or they're anxious or they don't live in your market. Uh, you know, any number of reasons why they may never see you live is just more of a reason for you to try and reach out and engage with them, you know, in, in, you know, in the online space for sure. And then we haven't even talked about just simulcast. I think what, what people in, who had socially restricted performances in the last months, they did something, but it was six feet apart. The audience was only 20% full. They started broadcasting that event to the rest of the world. And they realized, wow, there's an international audience for what I'm doing. Um, there's people at the other end of the country for what I'm doing. I'm never not going to broadcast what I'm doing um you know uh going forward so it's it's just creating an incremental audience for stuff that's already happening mm -hmm. all right so we only have about a minute left but as as the final we'll have to be brief what does the future hold do you see someone like spotify getting into this game uh look i mean i think this is a new format uh it's a huge business uh there's i think this is you know the the stats are that this was probably a 600 million business in 2020 it's going to be over a billion in 2021 this is a growing business there's room for a lot of people it's a new it's a new format there'll be some specialists like us there'll be some generalists that get into it um, I think the key thing is, can you ensure that the consumer experience is amazing and the artist experience too? That requires technology, product prowess, et cetera. There've been a lot of, you know, smaller players who put something together with duct tape to respond to the, to the, uh, to the demand. I think those will be flushed out, but those that really have the dedication, the professionalism, the resources will succeed and there will be new players and maybe some incumbents as well. Mark, any final thoughts? I mean, as an artist, I just, I will play wherever the most people are watching. You know, that's pretty much it. It's like the platform is not, I mean, it's not no shade to any of the businesses doing this, but yeah, it's just whoever is, whoever has the most eyes, you know, that's where we want to be. That's, that's what I will do. And I will continue to do it. Absolutely. 
Well, there's a good segue. We'll keep our eyes on Collision and back to Toronto. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand, or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.